Welcome to the Tar Heel Hustle, where we explore the different dimensions of the Keenan Flagler Executive MBA program. I'm Javier Guillermo. And I'm Bola Mustafa. And we're your hosts. With us is our tireless producer, Mafe Ocilia, keeping us honest. We decided to create this podcast to share with you our collective experience during our time in the Keenan Flagler MBA program. This season, we'll interview current students and cover topics ranging from time management, leveraging the MBA to make career changes, and explore the MBA program from the perspective of young high potential classmates and international students. We will also talk to faculty members about leadership and explore how they constantly adapt to our ever-changing world. So, let's hustle. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. Hello, everybody. We are thrilled to welcome two more of our classmates today, Susie Tomko and Tyler Van Hoyne. Welcome to the Tar Heel Hustle podcast. We're excited to have you with us and hear about your journey to the Keenan Flagler Business School. And also to hear about your plans for the future. Susie and Tyler, tell us about yourselves before you started the MBA program. So I am originally from Cleveland, Ohio, where I went to the Ohio State University for undergrad, and I got a dual business degree in both marketing and operations. I knew from an early age I wanted to do something with sustainability. And so right out of school, I entered into DuPont and took part in their supply chain leadership program, focused on a variety of roles in sustainability and have had the opportunity since then in the eight years that I've worked with DuPont to span a series of roles in marketing, sales, and supply chain. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. What about you, Tyler? First off, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. I was born here and, and raised here. I went to NC State, which is obviously uh, not too far down the road. Uh, I started working for a company called IQVIA, which is a healthcare company. And I've been there pretty much ever since. I've had a couple of different roles. Started with process engineering in the clinical trial space and project leadership. Moved into strategic planning from there, then left and ran a, a product design organization for about 18 months, and then ended up back in strategic planning. Uh, and now I'm in operational effectiveness. I got to see a bunch of different pieces of the business from data, technology, clinical trials, and some real world clinical trials and consulting in there. Uh, so uh, a little bit of a jack of all trades. Muy bien. Tyler and Susie. Why did you choose to study an MBA? For me, the main driver and the decision point for me to kind of pursue an MBA came from in early in my career, I had quite a few promotions back to back to back and started climbing the career ladder relatively quickly, if you will. And so for me, the decision point of why I decided to choose an MBA is because I wanted something that's going to differentiate me in, in the long term from my career perspective, but I also wanted to maintain momentum in my career. And from that perspective, it just kind of fit. And so for me, it was, it was a need that I kind of had as a table stakes to kind of get to that executive level, both in my daily career at IQVIA, but just also personally where I wanted to get to from a business acumen perspective. How about you, Susie? Why did you choose to study an MBA? Yeah, so for me, I have a dual undergraduate business degree, and I thought that would serve me throughout my career. But honestly, I got to a point where I realized it wouldn't. I realized as I really rose up in my company, I was lacking certain skills and some key items in my vernacular that was 
not allowing me to influence high level leadership. And so I wanted to beef up those skills and I could have taken, you know, a single one-time course on leadership or on operations, but I wanted to take the opportunity to mix with high potential individuals and executives from other industries. You both talk about gaining skills. Tyler, which kind of skills were you hoping to get from an MBA? So in, in particular, obviously, we're in the executive program and in the executive format of the MBA. And for me, the skills that I wanted to develop was taking the material that we were in class about and being able to talk to peers and talk to other people that were in a similar situation within work and, and otherwise to be able to kind of get some of those debates, kick ideas around, think about how other people are thinking about it, understanding different points of view and trying to bring that back and reflect uh, on how I can be a better communicator at work and be a better communicator in general about the different facets of business all the way from marketing to finance. Yeah, that's a good one, Tyler. I'll say for me, I work in a global role. And so there was an importance placed on understanding the macroeconomic environment and really the subtleties that the trends and the current events have on our financials. And so what they teach you in business school is that we love profits. And I wanted to ensure that I could speak to the macroeconomic trends and how it impacted us financially. Awesome. Hey, well, while we're still on you, Susie, why did you choose the Keenan Flagler Business School? Yeah, so I chose Keenan Flagler really for three main reasons. The first is geography. Like I said, I'm a girl from Cleveland. Lake effect snow strikes fear into my heart. And so I have aspirations to live in the South and Keenan Flagler is located in the beautiful state of North Carolina. The second is prestige. UNC is known for their rigor and the quality of their education. In fact, Coats and Quants just published their national ranking of business school and Keenan Flagler was rated number 19 best in the nation. So the quality of the education is well known, not only nationally, but globally. And really the third is the ROI on this program. So I looked at other programs. I looked at Darden. I looked at Booth and considered participating in their executive programs, but really took the time to reflect on the overall experience and realize that UNC and Keenan Flagler for me was really the sweet spot. It was what was gonna give me the biggest bang for my buck. You know, ultimately though, what finalized my decision for Keenan Flagler was sitting in on the classes, talking to the students, talking to the faculty, something they teach you in business school that the first thing you feel is the environment, but it's usually the last thing that you think about. And so ultimately sitting in with the students, seeing the diversity of thought, the cadence, the rigor of the education is what pushed me and encouraged me to apply to Keaton Flagler. That was a great response. Uh, what about you, Tyler? There's plenty of good things I could say about uh, Keenan Flagler, but my selection process was very, very similar to Susie's and the fact that I was considering multiple programs. And really, I consider programs from Booth to Darden and considered NYU as well. And really, for me, uh, you know, location was important. And so I was also considering Duke, obviously, the darker blue neighbor being local to Raleigh. It made sense for, you know, Duke and UNC to be top priority from a location perspective. That was a simple first box to check. Being a business-minded individual, cost is also important. And so, like Susie was saying around ROI, UNC is, is competitively priced against the top programs. It's also a little bit less expensive than Duke. And I felt like the curriculum was very similar and it was still high caliber. Uh, that was justified in a couple ways, right? That uh, coming on campus and, and sitting in a class, definitely getting excited sitting there in a, 
Professor Atul's class around uh, entrepreneurship, getting excited on some of the debates that they were having, and uh, honestly feeling like I was missing out a little bit that I didn't read the case and couldn't participate in the debates. Also, it was the engagement with program directors as well as admissions. The process of going through and applying and making sure it was a right fit, the interview process was seamless and there was not a point that they missed communication. So the experience was fantastic. Prestige, obviously, top 20 ranked MBA in the country. But we really did it for me. And with the turning point is why I selected UNC is because I called some of my out-of-state friends. I called some people across the country to understand what other people's were opinion of UNC. And those people, you know, said, you know, you can get into UNC, you're golden. And it made me realize the perception and the prestige surrounding it from a, just a, a people perspective, and especially in the business world of how highly respected UNC is. And so all of those things really contributed to my decision. Uh, now I kind of feel like I'm at home and I, I made the right decision. Yeah, if I could just echo what Tyler said about executives and external folks recognizing the value of a UNC degree, I had my CEO come to me directly and vocalize how impressed he was with the program and just state that he has a lot of value for it. And so it resonated with me. One other thing I'd like to add that I realized both Tyler and I didn't mention is I think it's important to consider what kind of learning you best learn from. And so UNC has a one-year core, and then it's followed by electives. And in that core and in the electives, there are cases, right? But there's a huge, huge focus on collaboration. And not every executive or MBA program pushes collaboration and teamwork in the way that Keenan Flagler does. And so it's a consideration for incoming students in what environment do you learn best in and really how do you learn best? So that Sunday morning when you sat down in the classroom for the first time and you looked around, what was the first thing that came into your mind? Ironically, Tyler was the first person I sat next to, which is pretty funny now that we're on this podcast. (laughs) But the first thing that came to my mind is, wow, this is a group of really smart people and I'm going to learn a lot. And I was really excited by that. Yeah, I I felt the same way, you know, especially as we went around and introduced ourselves to hear all the different industries that were represented, all the different backgrounds, all the different levels of seniority got CFOs in our class, right? And then, you know, we have people that are in the beginning of their career, you know, five to seven years in, Susie, that we fit into that bucket. But yeah, Susie and I sat next to each other on the first day of class. But coming in and and sitting down, you feel like you have to size everyone up, trying to figure out what's going on. You're fresh off of the admissions process, sitting into a class, you know, you get into those debates in, in the admissions process as far as sitting in the class and seeing some of them. And you're excited. You're, you're excited to start the week and you're excited to get going the immersion week, the first week of class. It's a humbling experience because, you know, you realize that you look around and there's a bunch of people just like you. Great. Okay. So we already talked a little bit about what has exceeded your expectations about the program and about how you've been feeling so far. While you reflect on this past year, what are the two things about the program that have exceeded your expectations? Susie. Yeah, I think the two things that have exceeded my expectations, the first is one that stands out and is a very easy and immediate answer for me. It's the people. I have, throughout this program, developed relationships and friendships 
that will extend well beyond the bounds of this program. And I've learned so much, not just from the faculty, but from the students. And this diverse group of cohorts has made me think so differently and given me some really good gut checks, right? And to put that into perspective, this is during COVID-19. So I think it really speaks to the caliber of the people that are in our cohort that after really only meeting twice, the drive to connect and grow each other is astonishing. It's about teamwork and together we go far. And with these folks, it's so true. My second one, I think it's almost one of the same with the people, but it's the fact of diversity. I think through this podcast, you're highlighting that we all come from different walks of life and you could cut it up and matrix it however you want. But there is a lot of beauty and diversity of thought. And I think that Keenan Flagler is special because of how it emphasizes it, how it encourages international students. It encourages different ages. It encourages different genders to get involved and to learn. And it creates a psychologically safe space for all of those diverse backgrounds to come together and grow. It's exceeded my expectation to what I thought higher level education could look like me, the two things that exceeded my expectations were, uh, it goes along with the people with what Susie said, and also goes along with, with the core values, right, is community. Uh, the staff, the faculty, the people at the Rizzo Center that were there when we were on there for a couple of weeks, uh, the students that have woken up early on Saturdays, right, and, and joined Zoom calls and sat in their home offices all day long and participated has all really created this this nice, perfect little sandbox that you get to play, this business sandbox you get to play in and test ideas and, uh, you know, in a safe space, like Susie said. And so they've done a great job of creating the culture and the community around it. The second thing speaks volumes to the resources of UNC is just the depth of resources that you have access to. The professors obviously have one thing, but you know the, the library and the information that you can get access to as being part of the university really gives you the opportunity to answer some of the finer questions that you have around business and kind of the way things are structured. And you can, you can ask questions and you're encouraged to ask questions to the professors and, and whomever, and as well as you know, just going in on your own and doing your own research. But encouraged to ask questions and kind of get to the points and understand why things work through the way they do. In some cases, obviously, when you're in the professional world, you want to definitely have tons of questions, but you might not ask that one question that's really, really burning inside. And I think that the professors in the community that they've developed and the depth of resources they have kind of have brought all that together and the ability to really deliver a, a unique learning experience. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Excellent. Well, hey, if you could travel back in time, and speak to a version of yourself thinking about applying to this program, what would you say? I could start first on this one. This is such a good question. Since I'm still pretty early out of college, I still give a lot back to my undergrad. And so I mentor a lot of undergrads who are just about to graduate and also those that are looking into higher education, specifically MBAs. And so I actually ask this question a lot. So it's interesting to kind of be on the receiving end of it. But something that I consistently ask them is, what are you really trying to get out of this? What does success look like? If you get an MBA, is it a pivot or is it a continuation in your current company? And so as I reflect, I'm not one of those people who always knew that they were going to get an MBA because I felt if I could develop without the investment, I was going to do so. But when I finally did decide to go back and get an MBA, and I'm so glad that I decided to, 
I wish I would have taken initially a harder look at that question because it likely would have changed if I went back to school full-time or part-time and really how early I went back in my career versus, you know, where I waited to coming back in an executive program. What about you, Tyler? If if I could keep it short, I would tell myself, don't overthink it. (laughs) Don't overthink it. And the reason why, right, is uh, there's a lot of things that contribute to success, right? And you have to figure out what's right for you. And for me, you know, I did a lot of the the back of the napkin math around if I could afford it from a student loan perspective, et cetera, and uh, reached out to my mentors and asked a lot of questions around, is this going to benefit me long-term for my career? But I just had a feeling that it was it was the right fit, right? And so I, for me, it was, you know, going back and saying, don't overthink it. This is something that you know that you need and you're committed to progressing your career. Don't overthink it. Okay. So moving on, thinking about the road ahead. How do you expect the program to change the way you approach your career or future opportunities? I can take that one first. It's going to change the way I approach future opportunities that I'm going to be much more selective, making sure that they're the right fit. I think that during the tenure at UNC, I've learned more about myself as a person and as a professional than I did in the previous, you know, 20 some years of my life. You know, just the way that the curriculum is structured, it led me to kind of understand myself, you know, the various personality assessments you do in Immersion Week and that you go through. It gave me a window into things about myself that I didn't originally understand. And so I, I would take those key findings and key learnings and really approach future opportunities with more selectivity, right? Understanding kind of what, what if that fits, the culture of the company fits me, if their core values fit my core values, if it's something that I would enjoy doing. And so it, it's really, it's kind of a frame shift from the way that I thought about things before now that I kind of have the understanding of just generally more broader pieces of of business and and the world, because there's definitely that piece to it as well. You know, it matters uh, what you do and not really how you do it. So there's, there's pieces of uh, all that stuff that kind of roll up into it. How about you, Susie? Yeah. So for me, the program will change how I approach future opportunities twofold. It's through confidence and intentionality. So in confidence, something that Tyler hit on, and I don't want it to get lost, is you do a number of self-assessments in this program. You will be quizzed out (laughs) by the end of it, but it's really revealing. And for me, something that I actually had a gut check and was very vulnerable about coming into this program was confidence. And one of the assessments we did We stood in a room with all of our cohorts and in a U shape, it was how, you know, most confidence to least confident. And it astonished me that on the very first day, I found out that I rated myself the lowest confidence in the program. And so I think through the knowledge, the frameworks, and even just like Tyler said, the framing of you against the other high-performance individuals in this cohort, it really builds a sense of confidence that I will attack and be much more direct with different opportunities. Now being able to see 
really myself through a broader lens. And then for the intentionality portion, really goes hand in hand in confidence. This program allows you to learn your value and your potential. And I will never take a job again just to take a job again. I will never run from a job. Rather, I can't wait now to start running to terrific opportunities. That's a great answer. What does life look like? And I'll start with you, Susie. What does life look like for you after the Keenan Flagler program? Yeah, so life after Keenan Flagler, it's an interesting question. If you would have asked me before the program, I would have said another strategic marketing role and continue climbing the corporate ladder. Now, well, in this program and from everything that I've learned, well, in the short term, that is still true. This program has the unique ability of continuously wiping off new lenses for viewing the world. And for me, I think longer term, it will not actually be in corporate America. I'm not quite sure what it looks like, but a passion of mine is uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so I'm still working out how that's going to fit into my life, but I've realized that it's now become much more of a passion and it's got to be a to-do. So I'm still figuring it out, but realizing the importance of following your passions. Thanks. What about you, Tyler? What does life look like for you after the Keener Flacker program? It's a, it's a really good question. So, you know, before I started, it was to continue momentum in my career, but there's a piece of me that thinks that, like Susie said, outside of, outside of corporate America might be an avenue. There's also a piece of me that says, you know, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the people that I work with and I still have the momentum and UNC has definitely provided me with that. And my goal that I, my intention of getting the MBA is I've succeeded, right? I, in, in many cases. One of the things, and I know Javier, you and I have talked about this, uh, you know, in our immersion week, uh, more in depth is uh, you know, long term. I think there's a high probability that I'll look to probably run for some sort of public office. I think, like Susie said a couple minutes ago, with uh, you know her key aspirations and how that kind of has led her to think differently through the program. There's still a lot of work to be done for the society and community. I've learned so much throughout my experience at UNC. I think there's things that I can do and leverage the talents that I have and the drive and the ambition, but as well as the the knowledge and resources that UNC has provided me to give back in different ways. Okay, guys. So before we wrap up, we have space for you to promote any kind of project or charity or civil cause that is close to your heart. So I could take that first. Something that I've mentioned earlier in the podcast is my commitment and passion to diversity, equity, inclusion. And while I don't have a specific initiative, I think it's something that we are all responsible for and we could all touch on both personally and professionally. And so I would just encourage everyone to continue to be terrific to each other. Life is hard. Continue to look for opportunities to stand up and beside others and to lead with empathy. Thank you. What about you, Tyler? Being part of healthcare, my mind goes to, and the things that, you know, I invest time giving back as well as, you know, donations or whatnot is investing. You know, my dad had cancer. I've had a lot of friends that have cancer. An organization that I can't speak more highly of is the American Cancer Society. They do more for patient accessibility and getting people the care they need as well as cancer research. It's an incredibly uh, close organization to my heart, you know, over the years and kind of the way that I've seen friends get cancer and the treatments that they've gone through, as well as being in healthcare, having exposure to the pre-drug approval process, 
it's an incredible organization. They do fantastic things. And uh, they're one of the, the close things to my heart. Perfect. Well, thank you, guys. Muchas gracias, amigos. Truly appreciate your time and, and all the great content you provided this evening. Thank you, guys. This is really cool. Really exciting. Yeah, great. Hey, Bola. That's another one in the bag. Everyone, stay tuned for our next episode with guest Professor Mabel Miguel. You know, I was pretty excited when she shared her thoughts on leadership and key insights about the program. And I've got to say, she's an unbelievable storyteller that brought life to the entire episode. Yes, we could have kept recording for hours. Hasta luego. Odabo. In case you're looking to get in on a Tar Heel hustle, make sure you check out our episodes available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to be featured on a future episode of the Tar Heel Hustle, feel free to click on the link in the show notes. We look forward to having you on the show. Until next time, keep hustling.